The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League, the Champions League, and the Europa League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Man United stealing all three points at West Ham thanks to the heroics of Lingard and De Gea. Chelsea continuing their dominant start with a comfortable win at Tottenham. Manchester City's lacklustre performance in their scoreless draw with Southampton. Liverpool clicking on all cylinders against Crystal Palace. And some love for the surprise team of the season so far, Brighton in fourth place. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Wow, Robbie Earl. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate. I mean, it's it's almost every podcast we come on. I don't know whether it's us. Maybe we get too excited. Maybe we maybe we maybe, kind of... Maybe we're, old, maybe we're getting old. Maybe we're getting old. Maybe we're getting old. That they didn't, didn't excite us before. But, <laughs> but I'm wow. sure you're right. The games, the fans back, Rob, is, is helping because that brings maybe. it to an, an, another level. And... The drama in the Premier League right now could oh. not be any higher. No. It could not be any higher. It's so great in terms of... Mm. We'll get to them, of course, the big stories, the big games. Um, yeah. But it's just so great to see now full stadiums. Mm. Everything's kicking off. And, yeah. and and Man United today, Rob, at the London Stadium. West Ham 1, Manchester United 2. Mm. Drama everywhere. <laughs> VAR calls, yeah. no calls. And don't even check VAR calls. Penalty saves, um, amazing, amazing game, Rob. Mm. Um, I spoke about it about it a lot today on on air, so I'll, I'll let you go first and start where wherever you want to start on a pretty amazing game of football. Um, pretty amazing game of football. Pretty important game of football. Yeah. I felt for Manchester United. Mm. However, it happened despite all the drama, whether there was penalties or not, whether it should have been or not, whether things went right. Ollie got him over the line. He got a helping hand from David Moyes to push. Maybe as an ex-Manchester United manager, he gave him a helping hand, but he got him over the line. They got three points in a game that was, was, was difficult. I think, Rob, as well, I've looked through, I was, as I was just getting ready to get on the podcast, I was thinking about the teams who played Champions League. None of them were, were great this, after champion, playing Champions League midweek. And I know a couple of managers have talked about that. Pep, certainly, at Man City, said... You know, going Champions League and, and Premier League and getting everything ready is not an excuse. They have deep squads, they've got plenty of players, but rhythm sometimes. I don't think any of the, the, the four Champions League teams played on top of the game, but, you know, some have found a way to get a win, Man United being one of them. What a week it's been for Jesse Lingard, Rob. Yeah. He comes on in the Champions League and, and makes an <laughs> error. They, they lose it and, and, yeah. and you know, you're thinking, Young oh, boys. All that he's gone through, Jesse, with some mental health issues and, and his form and things, you know, and he wants to stay at Man United. And then he has the, the moment today where he, he gets the goal. Be- beautiful, brilliant goal. Well done him. Well done, Ollie, for keeping him. Yes. You start, you start to think, Rob, there might be a place for Jesse Lingard in this in this group if they're going to go 
as far as they want to go. Why would I let a player of that quality who can influence a game, can change a game, why would I let him go? So I thought overall it was a really good day for Ollie. Drama pack, some things he deserves credit, some things happened maybe out of a bit of luck and fortune, but mm. a really big, important day for Ollie to get the three points and get the win. I, I want to follow on there, Rob, because I totally agree with you. And the first credit I want to give him is that I heard an interview with David Moyes, again, prepping for this weekend. And he was asked about Jesse Lingard and Moyes said, yeah, you know, inquired about Jesse in the summer, spoke to Oligan and Solskjaer. Solskjaer said, we want to keep him. We, we, want him. we want him to be here. So it wasn't that Jesse Lingard, and I don't know how much Lingard pushed for it. Yeah, Probably not a lot. If your manager at that great football club says to you, you know what, I want, I want you around the club. I want you here. Mm. Um, good decision. Another and, and, and talk about another and good just decision. Just on that, Rob, before yeah. you go, I mean, yeah. that's a decision we were saying, ah, oh, he's done it, Man United. In fairness, I think the most, well, he's time, he ain't going to play a lot. He's going right. to be sat on the bench. You know, right. he's got to go. Jesse's got to want to leave. Ollie, Ollie's better off letting him go. And yeah. that's where you say, that's a good decision. That's a manager who has kept the door open and look what, what's happened. Yeah. And, and another decision today, Rob, in the game, brave substitutes. 1 mm. 1. Yeah. Expecting to beat West Ham United away from home on the back of a disappointing game in the in Champions League against Young Boys, mm-hmm. he brings on Jesse Lingard uh, and Jaden Sancho yeah, yeah. for Port yeah. and Mason Greenwood. Greenwood yeah, I, I thought at the time, wow, like mm. two assisting, uh, incredible assisting player, Greenwood who can score a goal to bring on Jaden Sancho has not done much yeah. to be fair, and Jesse Lingard. And the game was kind of fizzling out a little bit. And I thought, ooh, that's a big call. And Jesse Lingard does what he does. So, again, we, certainly I, will jump on and give an, op- an opinion or critique about Gunnar Solskjaer and what I'm feeling. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. will give him credit as well when I feel he mm. did something well. And that was a ballsy, big, brave decision today, I thought, with the subs at 1-1 in a critical yeah. game. I think it was 75 minutes, Rob, where I'm looking at a clock. I said to Tim Howard in the studio, this is, an, this is an important 15 minutes. Yeah, this could yeah. be... I'm writing my notes down in the, the games going on. I'm writing down, mm, kind of just like Southampton. Concede a goal, yeah, yeah, get back into yeah. it. But the fans and stuff oh, now, as opposed to last year, just help the team to, to maintain that. And then yeah. Lingard does that and changes the headlines. So Lingard, good shout to bring him up first. Yeah. Um, and he came on and did, and did what he did. Can I just rewind and throw you into Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah, and how he looked, and let's get mm. into his, I think, three penalty decisions. We yeah, certainly yeah, got a close yeah. look at two of them. Yeah, what do you think of his performance, Rob, and some of those decisions? Um, I thought, to be fair, that Zuma and Obono didn't do a bad job. Um, mm. it wasn't quite getting away. I thought Zuma did well. Zuma looked, looked in, in good shape. Um, the goal, Rob. The goal he scores is a testament to a, to a man's fit mind and fit body. Yeah. Fit mind and fit body. As the ball come in, his movement is already mm. ahead of anybody else in the box. Yeah. And his body gets him into the place where the rebound comes, where he reacts yeah. quicker and, and all everybody else is static. That is top-class um, centre-forward play. That's know-how. That's now That's physicality, that's understanding, all the little things you want Greenwood to have and the great centre-forwards have, he's got it, mate. You know, and, and that stood out to me in, in the goal. And people say, oh, it's an easy goal. There's nothing easy about it. No. I, 
you know, now I know it's only early. I I expected a sharp Ronaldo, to be fair. We knew his game was going to be a little bit different. We knew it was going to be a number nine, a little bit different. I'm not sure as I sit here now and I and I expected how instantly better Manchester United are with him up front. Again, of course, he's a world-class player. You, you think at his age, mate, is he going to be that effective every single week? Again, it's only, what, four or five games in now. Yeah, but his, his understanding with Bruno, who... You know, like when they separate and they look for each other, particularly Bruno yeah. deeper and, and they're clipping those balls in behind. I'm it's just it's fun to watch, mate. I, honestly, every single time the ball goes in around the box, I'm, I'm like, Ronaldo is there, yeah, he's absolutely yeah. there. Decisions, penalty decisions, Rob. Mm. So, the first one when he goes, he, he fakes uh, Vladimir Soufal, he drags it yeah, past his right yeah. foot. Soufal kind of puts the leg out. Uh, mm. I thought he put it into the ground. And not necessarily trip the player, and Ronaldo's yeah. foot went went into him a little bit, and he goes yeah, down. Yeah. VR mm. looked at it and like, no, it's it's mm. the, the, the no call. I'm not sure what's called a call or not called, but not call. Yeah, I agree with that. Did you give me I a take on that yeah. one? Yeah, I, I agreed. I didn't think there was enough. I think there's sometimes sometimes the natural movements of the game are going to make connections, but it didn't feel to me like that was a penalty roll. I've got to be honest. Yeah. I, I, okay. I was, I'm okay with that one. Yeah. Uh, no call was the right call. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. somehow, mate, and you tell me if I'm seeing a different game or I've got this one wrong. Later in the game, Kurt Zuma comes across yeah. Yeah. and slides over and the ball gets knocked past him. He's no near the yeah. ball. And yeah. I mean, he go, kind of goes through the player. And yeah. Ronaldo, <laughs> I don't think Ronaldo, he started laughing. I couldn't believe it. Did yeah. I admit, not even a VAR check. Rob. Yeah, I know. Well, it, the game kind of went and I'm thinking, well, he, he, there's got to be a VAR, VAR check, hasn't there? I assume. I mean, it's basically, as Zuma comes in, it was very like the the Ramsdale incident that happened, and we'll talk about Arsenal a little bit later. Well, you know, Ramsdale gets the ball and then makes a contact with Vidra and goes down, no penalty, absolutely the right decision. Kurt Zuma does the same type of challenge, but doesn't get any of the ball. Ronaldo knocks the ball past him and then gets clattered quite high up on his leg. Yeah. And... How that's not a penalty kick, I, I really do not know. And Ollie was interesting and just said, oh, we're on going down this road where he ain't going to get yeah. penalties that he should do just because of who he is and that he's yeah. come back in the league. Because that's not that's not right. And that's not fair on Manchester United. It's not fair on the league, by the way. Yeah. Do your job properly. And at least the the, the, the issue with the VAR one, for, for, with the Ronaldo one, was that we didn't go to VAR and we didn't get an opinion. It was almost like they just brushed over it. Well, the VAR, I would check that. And the VAR yeah. guy, let me see. Uh, I quickly have got it here. It was Darren England. Um, when he looked at it again, he must have yeah. said to, to Martin Atkinson, yeah, it's, it's okay. okay. Nothing, yeah, nothing, nothing to report here. No, no. Um, which is astonishing to me. Yeah, uh, so I, I, that one I, I thought was, was, was crazy. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's so many incidents. Then we continue on, of course, and, and the Luke Shaw block handball yeah, arm yeah. out. Uh, yeah. I think unfortunate for Luke, but it's yeah. a penalty. It's a penalty. Yeah. If your hand's that far away, it's not in an expected position. It is making you bigger. It hits his hand there. He doesn't mean to do it, but in the current law, in any law now, that's going to be a penalty, Rob. It is. It is one hundred percent. It's a penalty. I just. I just. <laughs> I'm just struggling to think yeah, how you run at full pace and you stretch your left yeah. and you've got to, you've got to somehow well, stretch. You've, you've either got to put the hands behind the back thing that looks terrible. I don't like defenders to do, or you're yeah. going to run the risk of what Luke Shaw does. Unfortunately, yeah. that's where we are. Yeah, 
But anyway, there was more drama to come, mate. I mean, the handball isn't is even being talked about now, which would have been in different circumstances. I mean, that moment of, of that happening, one totally surprised me because I would have never thought David Moyes is that kind of guy. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, 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 that's, that, that's a bit going to Vegas and chucking all your money on... on, on on, you've got you've got carried yeah. away. You've had a yeah. few drinks. Yeah, you've got a few and quid you, in your pocket, and yeah, you're like, you go, "Oh, yeah, yeah, let's." Here we go. I mean, so supposedly, and again, you might have had pictures of this. Mark Noble was sitting down, hadn't even stretched or was doing a warm. So no intention of coming on because it probably gave the way the game was going. He goes Rob from probably having to take some stuff off, having sat down at least for the last thirty minutes watching a game not stretch these 34, 35-year-old hamstrings or even wiggle these toes, to running onto the pitch, taking the ball off Declan Rice, who kissed it and put it on the spot. <laughs> and then and then he's got to go and grab West Ham a point with, against the, one of the biggest teams in, in, in world football, against one of the deep, best goalkeepers in world football who's come back to, to form. Now... I, 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 straight away, you, you get into it. I've read a few stats. So the stats say it's four years ago since he last missed a penalty, 2016. It's five years ago since De Gea last saved a penalty. I think he's taken 42 penalties. He's missed only four. So maybe David Moyes put all his money on black red because um, he thinks that's, that's the way it go. And as you know, mate, I did try and check the pictures, and um, we went to our, te- uh, our technical mm. camera feed to sort of mm. s- to see to see this play out because we yeah, heard the same yeah. thing, and Tim noticed something behind in a shot we had of the, yeah. the managers, and we saw David Moyes kind of like it looked like again. I, I admit I'm speculating a little bit that yeah. he looked at the yeah. bench and somebody else was going to come on, Rob, and he gave it one of them with a hand gesture, and I'm, and I'm doing it here for our for our listeners, yeah. like calm down, no, 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 let's not do that. Then he goes out a shot. That's when he must look at Mark uh, Noble. Cool. But sadly, the, the tactical camera feed uh, was more, it was closer shot. So you couldn't yeah. see the benches. Mm. But that's what we understand, that Noble just okay. came out of, the, out of the blue. And it's got to be wow. difficult to come on to wow. feel like that. And uh, so we didn't get the definitive pictures to, to get absolute evidence of that's what happened. But mm. enough people have said that, that Mark Noble, totally cold, just runs on. I didn't even run very well, Rob. He probably not do any <laughs> runs. He was limping. He comes on and... Has to take it, and, and fair play to David De Gea. Yeah. It saves the blushes. It tells a story. You know, like you said at the start, Rob. All the drama, they get the three points. I would just finish, Rob, in my thoughts on this game by saying, and we're going to go on to talk about a, a club in a minute that has less drama when it's uh, playing its football and winning games. Yeah, can Man, and I'll ask I'll to put it in the form of a question. Can Man United? continued to play games of this high-level drama and going behind. We saw it against yeah. Southampton. They got yeah, a point. Yeah. They get, get away with it here. Is there too much drama for mm. this club to go away? Good point. Um, no, there isn't. You can, you can win a title with drama. All the way dra- through. Well, all I'm saying, Rob, is they can get over the line with drama as long as they're, they're coming the right side of drama. And yeah. what this team would get better at is if they start to want to you know, win more titles, is the drama would drop as they get better, as they get more experience. But there's lots of people in, that, in this group who haven't been the distance. And at the moment, their, their, their challenge is to come out of games with the three points 
with without Jorma, playing well, not playing well, blah, blah, blah. They, they, they're going to have some good days. We saw one at yes. Leeds. They're going to have some good days with this fellow up front and the attacking yeah. threats they've got. So they've got to manage the drama, but make sure if this drama, we, listen, we've got to handle that, but we've got to finish out on top. Yeah, it's I going just to be think... fascinating watch. It's been a good, yeah. great watch, as, as you say. It's going to be a great watch because they're not going to win too many games controlling them 1 0 and stopping the opposition. No. I don't think yeah. they're going to be built for that. They're going to overpower mm. attacking in an attacking sense so yeah. many teams, given what they've got going forward. It's just there has got to be a little bit more. Um, you know, my favourite word, durability in, in defensively, Rob, sometimes. I mean, it can't be all-out attack. They're a little bit, I think I used the word today on air, dishevelled at times defensively. Um, but I go I go back to it. They're going to out outpower uh, a lot of teams given their attacking line. They're going to be great for us to watch, my friend, and plenty, of, plenty of material for our podcast. Podcast, yeah. which is the yes. most important thing. Exactly. exactly. Okay, let's move to the other big game of, of, um, of today. It was uh, a big London derby, Tottenham-Chelsea, two teams who don't particularly get on well. A bit of history between the two. Yep. Uh, I thought it was another fascinating game, man. Drama-filled game. I have to say, Spurs started the game with a, with a bit of wow factor. Intense, pushing on. Nuno done his tactics where yep. he looked like he wanted to put Sun central against Thiago, get some one-on-ones there. Kane played from the left, came in on inside. The Celso went from a midfield position to a wide position. Deli Alley was sort of on the left of, of, of midfield with uh, Hoybear anchoring and Dumbley on the pitch, getting hold of the ball, making it up. For 20 minutes, I thought Spurs were excellent. Excellent. Yeah, they they were Rob, and I think you know Nuno said afterwards that he thought for fifty minutes they were really really good. He said the pressing worked out great, mm. and what I picked up in the first half, Rob, was that you know I think if there's a little bit of a soft spot, a vulnerability in Chelsea's team with the way that they play tactically. It's it's the two midfield players, the holding yeah, yeah. players, Kovacic was today and Jorginho. Now you just listed a lot of players, Rob. At times, a lot of times, they came centrally, and and the two Chelsea boys were flooded, flooded. Mm. Between Delhi, Hoiber, and Dombele, Lo Celso, Son, Kane, all dropping into the central area and they gained control of the game. Chelsea, I think in every game apart from the one where they had a man sent off, have dominated possession, more than 50%, less, mm. less in this game as, 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 as Tottenham targeted that area and gained control in there. But don't you remember last week we were doing the game <laughs> in Aston Villa? <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah, Ramsey in there as the extra man, didn't he, with Louise and McGinn? And same thing. I remember half time as saying he's either got to change the system that we said we haven't really seen him do, or change the personnel. He did both. Yeah, dropped Ziyech in, got another midfield player in, and this today absolutely same thing, spot on. Kante in, in you come with the other two play Havertz underneath the big lad and and, yep. and look different. Thought was I thought. And, and and I heard him after Rob. Really interesting, Thomas Tuchel, because he said his his words were, "We were trying to win the game the first half with our skill and our ability, and we didn't come to play." And, he, and he's he's definitely, I think, your artists and soldiers and doing the work. He said in a big London derby, you have to go and do what's required first. And, and, and it's really interesting. The guy took off as Mason Mount, Rob. Mm. I think there's lessons to be. Le- I think there's going to be some lessons for learning for Mason Mount, mm. who maybe under the Frank regime would still get away with that and could just play when he wants to and, and not. Under Tuchel, unless you're tactically right and prepared to do the things right, 
good as you are, as many games as you're playing for England, as, as, as much as a promise, off you pop and he yeah. got on Kante and he can so he controlled the game was different. It was one in twelve minutes in the second yeah. half. They could press more. They had yeah. another man to play through. Yeah. I mean, night and day. Night change and day. everything. Change everything. Yeah. Tuchel's got a plan, mate. He's got a plan. We saw it last week. Okay, oh, that's happening. That's not great for us. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. I think you make a good point because I picked up the same thing. I'm thinking, well, Tuchel's tactically smart, makes big decisions, is fired up, is passionate. But it's like, it's getting like, wow, he's thinking of everything. The aggression, the duels, as he, as he said, you know, yeah, he, he needed good. more of that in the London derby. So if you've got a tactically astute guy, well-organized, thorough, and he appreciates the need for aggression and work rate, which is what he said as well afterwards, the yeah. work rate was important. I mean, that he's saying all the right things, Rob. Again, making the, the big decisions, changing games instantly. Another, you know, impressive outing from the manager and the players. And then Golo Kante comes in. I mean, wow. Talk about changed everything with what he did in midfield. Um, absolutely. That, that was a story again for me, Rob. After yeah. a team looking that looked a bit shaky in the first half to totally dominating, winning 3-0, going away from Spurs. Really, really, really impressive stuff. Can I give a mention? I wanted to chuck a couple of mentions, and I wanted to uh, to just uh, throw a couple of things at you because you know what happens when I'm when I'm off and not working the shows. I'm, I'm desperate to get it to you, Thiago Silva, my friend. For fifteen twenty minutes of the game, it was a real test with, with, with Sonny and with with that that rotation and yeah. central on the pitch. Let me tell you what what a top player does, Rob. He figures it out. He figures it out. He starts to affect the game. He starts to pull people around him. He starts to get in front and win some ball. The, those top quality players, why they're winners, why they played at the big clubs yeah. is because they're not just great footballers, Rob. They've got, they got a bit of drive. They've got a bit of heart. They, they'll work out. They ain't going to get beaten. He ain't going to get exposed by Sun one-on-one. Mm. I thought he was outstanding. I mean, he gets the goal and, and his leadership, but it just there's just... Sometimes it's good to have those people around, to, to watch those people, to, to see how he's got a problem. If Eric Dyer has a problem, that problem usually continues all game. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Great point. I think our, our colleagues at Sky gave him the man of the match, Rob, uh, Thiago Silva. Yeah. Um, yeah. Final thing I want to I want to mention, Robin, this is your, your kind of street list. Did you see after the game? I know, and I know you love a, a hugger. I know you yeah. love a cuddle. Yeah, yeah. You love a big cuddle. Yeah. A cuddler, yeah. Thomas Tuchel even, even brings that to the party. He goes yeah. straight to Kepa. Kepa started the game. Mendy had a little injury. Gives, gives Kepa a big hug. Uh, Mendy's there as well. Gives him... There's like... I mean, he's, he's even got the man management. Uh, I've dropped you, your second, my second choice, but I need you. And, I, yeah. and he's ready to play. That's yeah. another, another kind of string to his bow that's really important. Man management and players that are not playing and keeping them involved and, and congratulate him. It's the first play he ran to, Rob, at the end of the game was Kepa. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of good to see. He's, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure there's any boxes more, you know, he, he can tick. Um, Thomas Tuchel, just, just since taken over, it's just absolutely very, very impressive stuff. Yeah, and, 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 you know, when we make the comparisons to Frank, who we both like, who we both talked about, maybe it's some of those little things, those nuances that my mind, yeah. these, you know, a bit of noise come out that Frank didn't talk to players or once you're out, you're out. He's left the door open and made sure they were. I wanted to, want to move it on to, on to Spurs, Rob, because I, I, I wrote something down about the Spurs and I said, the, the, today's result shows the difference in the two teams. 
when Chelsea were challenged, they kind of embraced the challenge and found a way and solved it. When Spurs were challenged, eventually they crumbled. Right there, to me, is what these two teams, what makes these two teams different. Granted, but you've got to factor in the time the managers have at the clubs, Rob, haven't you? You've yeah, got to yeah, factor to a, in the amount of time. I, I, yeah, uh, to a certain degree. And, and, and Chelsea got a better level. Yeah. I mean, the, the point, a better level of player. Yeah, they have. Um, I, I'll, I'll give the example in a slightly different way. Chelsea had a problem. They fixed it. Spurs yeah. started off great. They yeah, had a problem yeah. in the second half and they couldn't fix it. It's almost yeah. like Nuno hasn't been around long enough to like, you know, he's, he's done his work on his training ground and the tactical mm. setup worked really well. It's like, well, I haven't got mm. to the next bit yet. You know, we don't know what we do in that situation. I mean, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt there, Rob, but, but maybe yeah. he hasn't enough time to like, oh, if that I'm happens. Not, I'm, not, and, I'm not disagreeing because yeah. like you say, he's a new manager. My, my point would be as, as football clubs over the years, I still think that the same, whether it's been Pochettino, whether it's been Mourinho. Now, I don't know if a, man, a different manager can, can get a different response right. or that is who they, who, who they are right now. So you're talking about, and I, I think I mentioned this after the, the game, Rob, the likes of your Delis, your yeah. Le Celso, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe Regalong, your Eric Dyers. Correct. They've been through different managers Correct. and they've had this scenario. And, and it's we like, still get the you, same. You, we, yeah. It's kind of ending up in the same place. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it just I don't again. Let, and I'm you know Nuno first three one and, and that and let's give him time. Let's yeah. see how he goes. He's, yeah. he's working away yeah. and they've had some injuries and all that. Yeah. But at some point we might have to go. Hmm, I don't know he's a fourth manager now and it still ain't seemingly happen happening mm. for him. Um, the other one I just wanted to quickly go to and, and there was a comparison. I didn't really sort of realize it. I was doing a little bit of reading up before the game. Harry Kane and Romelu Lukaku, 28 years of age. Very similar in, in what they've done. Yeah. Yes. Lukaku started early. I read from like 2010, 2011, Lukaku was a kid in Anderlecht and it came through. Harry Kane was off it at Lake Norient and Forest, I think, and was even less there, you know, championship, finding his way. Both kind of got themselves to the top of the game. Right now, Harry Kane's having a struggle, Robbie Musco. I don't know if it's all the summer. I don't know if it's the transfer activity that, that, that's affected mm, him. I'm maybe. not sure if the team aren't playing as fluently. Mm. Um, just not quite. And maybe somebody said, well, if you plugged Harry in, in Chelsea team, it, it'd look different. And, and I, I kind of think you're right. Not sure. He just looks a little bit off. Like, I'm not sure if his head's in the right place. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe the truth is probably a little bit of everything. New manager, mm. different way of playing. I mean, he's got to be Rob. I mean, I, we know we've, you know, of course, he's the ultimate professional. But yeah. when you say you said things in the interview with Gary Neville about, you know, reading between the lines, potentially joining Man City, you feel yeah, you've got a gentleman's agreement. It, I, we've been through all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. to affect him, Rob, hasn't it? It's got mm. to affect him a little bit in his, in his, in his. I don't know. It, it, he'll realise that it's no good looking back and it's yeah. every good to, to, to get back to his best of scoring goals. To, mm. I mean, he must realise that. Um, yeah, but it, it's... We did a comparison beforehand and, and right now, Lukaku looks the all-round number nine yeah. where Harry Kane's a little bit different. Um, 
but to be fair, it's again new manager. I think I think we revisit this, Robert. This is something that we yeah, watch. Yeah. No, no, yeah. nothing conclusive right now. Five games yeah. in, and, and we know Harry. One day he scores four goals, and he's flying again. And you know the, the rhythm's back there. Listen, yeah. mate, we, we can't move on from this game without without um, mentioning a certain legend who, who the game lost uh, for the weekend. Jimmy Greaves, um, the famous English Chelsea Spurs centre forward. I mean, I, I just looked at his record, Rob. 44 goals in 57 appearances for England, including six hat-tricks. 266 goals in 379 games for Spurs. The Spurs' all-time top goal scorer, something that Harry Kane's chasing. Yeah. For Chelsea, 132 goals in 169 games. I mean, basically, play this guy and, and, and more often than not, he, he, he's going to score your goals. Mm-hmm. It was, but more than that, Rob, he, he, he became, after his football career, a, a broadcaster. Uh, and with Ian St. John, who was a former Liverpool player, they created the, the, this brilliant TV show that we grew up on, people of our age will all know, called The Saint and Greavesy, and just brought another dimension to football, brought other people into the game. Um, mm. And I think if, if we were trying to think of maybe equivalents in, in American sport, it'd be somebody like Charles Bartley and Shaquille O'Neal, two heavyweights, you know, sitting and yeah. talking about NBA and people show. being brought yeah. to, to, to their show. Mm. Uh, I just thought it was timely for us maybe to, to just, you know, uh, tip a hat to to one of the greats who who, we, who um, English football's lost. Yeah, and regarded as being the greatest goal scorer England's ever produced, a World yeah. Cup winner in '66. Um, and back to Saint and Greavesy, absolutely right. And what I would add to that, Rob, is that at that time, football coverage was incredibly serious, from the mm. commentators to the the highlight shows. To the analysis, it was it was very serious, a little stiff. Saint and Greavesy laughed their way through shows and, and did it in a warm, likable, entertaining way that people loved. And it hadn't yeah. been done before. That's what's so cool about it, Rob. It just hadn't. And the rapport they had with Saint laughing at his jokes and stuff like that. It's we'll never forget that show yeah. and, and those and uh those two individuals that did it, um, apart from his incredible football career. So you're right. It's, it's right that we talk about Jimmy Greaves, um, what he did as a scorer and a broadcaster. And he'll, of course, be sadly, sadly missed. Yeah, rest in peace, Jimmy Greaves. OK, mate, uh, let's move it on to um, the reigning champions who kind of hit a blank, which is, is very unusual for them um, at home. Um no goals. Plenty of fans turned up. I have to say so. So, Pep couldn't moan about that. But plenty <laughs> goals didn't. Plenty goals didn't t- particularly turn up for, for his team. Um, it's one of those days, Rob, where I think there was only one shot on target. I think Phil Foden came on a substitute late on. One shot yeah. on target for, for a Manchester City team that we know dominates possession and dominates the op- opposition. Um, I think it's only the second time in forty-one home matches that they they, they fail to score. Six in midweek in, in the Champions League, and you're thinking they just need one. But I think the, the conversation, Rob, and, and we're going to be part of it because, you know, we've all got our views on which of the four teams we think might win it and what's going to hold some back. And there's plenty of people who are going to point to a lack of a real centre-forward is what's going to hurt Man City. They didn't get Harry Kane, whether they, they gambled on him or not. They didn't decide to go for anybody else. 
maybe turned away from the Ronaldo who we've seen scoring goals. And on a day when a Sergio Aguero might get you out of jail as he has in the past, or a Harry Kane or a Cristiano Ronaldo might get you out of jail in a not great performances, they don't have that player in the team right now, Rob. So no. I think the Sterling playing as a false nine, Jesus on the left, we've seen Jesus up there, we've seen uh, Ferran Torres up there. But against a well-organised Southampton team who deserve their credit as well, no goals, my friend, no centre-forward. Is this going to come to haunt, Pep? Absolutely. Absolutely, Rob. And uh, listen, I remember saying around this time last season that I, I don't know whether Pep and this team can go again. They had a really poor start uh, and they went again. Prove me wrong, won the title by a big gap. Superb, well, well done. I, I fear the same thing again. Now, could totally prove me wrong again, and I know that you've tipped them for the title, and it, and they could totally go on a run now and, and be undefeated for for ages. But it's different this year, Rob. It's different because other teams are much, much better. And let me chuck this one in at you as well. Another important reason why they did so well last year, there's two important reasons in my opinion. The first, of course, was Ruben Diaz and John Stones' incredible understanding and partnership, which helped defensively. And the other reason maybe people might disagree with this, is COVID-19 and the, the, the congested schedule. And Man City squad, Rob, the game's coming thick and fast. Every three or, three or four days, they rotated superbly. They rotated superbly, freshened the team up, kept getting the results. Where other teams didn't have that luxury or their squads weren't as good, City came out on top as one of the reasons, of course, they're a brilliant team, et cetera, et cetera. It's one of the reasons, in my opinion, that they did so well because of the rotation from day one for Pep. It's different this season. Teams are going to have more chance to rest a little bit and the others are so much more fired up. They're better. They've done great in the market. Liverpool's got players back. I fear that City won't put up a challenge that's expected uh, this season because of, 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 I don't know, it's hard to go again you know, and, they, and, and this this league, you cannot you can't drop many points uh, and expect to win it this season because there's too many good chasing teams. What do you think? Yeah, um, it's a good point. I, I, I can't disagree with them. I, I still don't think it'd be in lack of not having the fire in the belly. I think he'll do that because I think that's the way he is. He burns himself. He, he demands mm. of himself. He demands of his group. I think where it's come down to City this year, Rob, where if we're going to see a bit of carelessness like yesterday where they don't see it off. Apparently they didn't particularly play as well, which is a bit more of a worry. Yes. We know there'll be odd days, but when they don't play as well, when the rhythm's off, that that's when ooh, if that goes, then that, that's a bit of a worry. But I kind of feel like they're still in with the shout. What's going to ha- what's going to be the most important to them is on the big games, they're going to have to win them. So if they've got a bit sloppy in a draw against Southampton, and I mean, they lost to Spurs already this season. When those big four go head to head, when they play any of the other the other three teams, uh, big... uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Next Saturday, correct. Home against win... uh, away yeah. against Chelsea. Chelsea, you're gonna have to win those games. If they're gonna win the title. They can't afford to not be winning those games and be a bit sloppy in one of the, mm. two of the others. The other teams might be the opposite way. Might beat all the you know lesser teams and might not quite do, do well enough against the big sides. That could be. 
But Pep's going to have to make sure when he goes to Chelsea in places. Remember, he played a false nine against Chelsea. I think we were there that day when uh, De Bruyne played and, and they absolutely beat them 4-0, beat France team 4-0. And it was like, wow, it was like football from another planet. I think he's going to have to have those days and he's going to have to set his team up in that manner to make sure that they, they stay relevant with it. Yeah, and... and um... Four marks to Southampton. Four marks yeah, to Southampton, yeah. who went to Man City and were the better team. That, that's that's tough to do. Not about the penalty, to... by the way. I mean, yeah. the, the penalty with, with, with Walker on, on Armstrong. I mean, it's another one this weekend. I'm like, I yeah. cannot see how that is not a foul. Yeah, yeah. Just a, just the last one for me, Rob, in, in terms of the relationship with Pep and the fans. Big big crowd today, at the Etihad. Yeah. That's not gonna. That's not gonna brew, is it? That's not gonna kind of fester no, no. any kind of relationship I'm, that might hinder the manager of the team. I, I listened back to the interview. Then you start seeing the press. It, it's yeah, it's a little bit back. English press jumping on something old, and the fans were there and they were singing his name. There's nothing. I, there's, I don't think there's anything there. Listen, there's a narrative that City can't fill the ground like one of them because you know they bought their way into a thing. I mean, come on. It, it, we're all, let's just be honest and let, let, let's talk it, it as we see it. There's no problem with the fans. They've got a great relationship. They've got one of the best managers in the world. They've got a challenge on this year to win the title. And, and Pep's one of them, Rob, and, and you're right in saying that teams have got better. That's even more reason why he wants to win it this year. Because yeah. he doesn't want any of those other teams to go, oh, OK, we, we're better than you now. We've, we've got better quality than you. I mean, if he wins it this season, Rob, sure. wow. Sure. Like, Without a centre forward, with everybody being getting better, as they are. that would be that'd be absolute greatness. Yeah, yeah. And, he he, and he loves that. We, you know, yeah. forget, when he talks about records, he knows every one of them. He likes every one of them, and he'll be flying for this one again this time. Okay, my friend, let's move it to Turf Moor because I thought this was a fascinating game. Uh, Burnley at home to Arsenal. So the narrative would say Burnley get Arsenal at Turf Moor. They get Barnes, they get Wood, they mm. get bruising, and they get three points. It didn't quite happen that way, my friend. Listen, I'm going to say it. You know, the last few weeks, Arteta's got bashed, mm. right? Got bashed, mm. battered. Mm. Stack him. One more result, get rid of him. Not up to it. Bad signings. Wasn't there... Didn't didn't people have to wait a little bit? We know about the rebuild. We know about the, how big this job was. We know about some of the injuries and COVID cases. Now, I'm not saying they're a brilliant team right now. and I'm not saying they're going to go on and finish in the top six even. But isn't this a... Isn't this a and the manager's talked about light at the end of the tunnel. There's a tunnel light at the end of the tunnel. And, and this has been the best 10 days of my career, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you see the team playing, right? And particularly at the end, we had to dig in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But you look at the team now, and it starts to look a lot better on paper, Robbie Earl. Saka's not, not at it yet, granted, right? He's 20 years of age. He'll get mm. better, and he's a brilliant young player, Bakara Saka. Nicola yeah. Pepe is improving. Wasn't great. Emil Smith-Rowe, actually, was a little quiet. But Thomas Partey, back fit again. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is the number nine. And yeah. Martin Odegaard. Now, yeah. of course, we have our underappreciated, and, and uh, mm. mine comes a little later. Odegaard was close for me because I thought in a in a defensive or a not defensive but a central mid, midfield position, yeah. you know, alongside Thomas Partey, I thought he was excellent. Rob, 
in terms mm-hmm. of using the ball and maneuvering the ball and keeping it moving and, and not giving the ball away. Defensive side of things, which looks different now. Takira Tomiyasu, the right fullback, 22 years of age. Ben White, 23 years of age. The, the, and Gabriel, 23 years of age. A young, different back four that handled Chris Wood and, and Ashley Barnes. It's, it's, it's time for Arsenal fans to kind of like forget about the, the, the bad times. Let's get on board. And there's still a work in progress. But two 1-0 victories, two games, two clean sheets. Good signs for Arsenal. Mm. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest, Rob. As I, I watched the game because I, I was sort of fascinated with, with, with yeah. what would come and how it would work in, 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 the, in, the, in the Arsenal team. And there was a spell in the second half where Burnley went full on Burnley. Yeah. I mean, it was coming, yeah. mate. It was yeah. coming. And I've got to tell you, Gabriel surprised yeah. me. Mm. Surprised me. Ben White started the game looking like, you know, when you take your kids to the dentist and you think they're in for a bad time. Ben White looked like, he, and I've got to tell you, Gabriel babysat him through the early periods of the game and he grew into a decent game and the partnership started to look good. They started to, to challenge the front the front two, Barnes and Wood. They started to affect the ball into them. They started to nick the ball off them. They started to frustrate. In fact, I think both players might have, might have come off. Certainly Barnes came off. I think mm. Wood might have also got taken off in the end. Mm. Um, Partey in front did a decent job, although he still got to get back to his best. I agree with you. I didn't think Saka's not quite there yet, Pepe. Aubameyang, you know, is, is trying not quite there. Tierney didn't have a particularly great game, but some of the others that you said, Tommy Asu looks a player. It's a steady Eddie, doesn't he? Steady, yeah. steady, steady right yeah, back. Strong, yeah. steady. I just thought it was a really big day for this young group of players. Yeah. yeah. There was good signs after seeing them all on the pitch together and Gabriel was, was shouting. It was a bit like, Let's, we, we, we took a step forward today. People think they can beat us up. Like you say, Arsenal are not, not going to be able to totally out physical people, but if they've got a bit of that when they need to, and then the Odegaards and the Sackers and the Smith Rose and the Pepe's start to play, that's when we'll start to see a real Arsenal team that can get back to challenging the top eight, six positions in the league. They can they absolutely can do that. You know, if you look at the the, uh, the players that missed the game, right, and the bench, mm. there's kind of a bit of strength now, right? Aubameyang up front, Lacazette on the bench. In the middle of the park, you've still got Sambi Lukonga, by the way, Lukonga, who I think yeah. has done a really good job, could come in and play there. Granite Xhaka, not one of my favourites, suspended in this game, Rob, can come in there. So you've got four players for central berths. Of course, yeah. Odegaard can push into a wide position, can push into number 10. Uh, Maitland-Niles can come in and do a job in various spots. So it's you know there's a bit of flexibility with how he wants mm. to do things. I thought it was quite a brave call to play Odegaard in the middle of the park, but totally yeah. justified yeah. with his ability to keep possession. So Arteta wants his team to play around all this aggressive nature from mm, Burnley. And yeah, for the most yeah. part, I did well. But you make a good point. And I, and I thought the same thing in the, in the last 15, 20 minutes. Wow. Bur- mm. Burnley turned up the dial. And um, defensively, Arsenal, again, it's just important for them to believe and trust enough confidence yeah. now yeah. that they can be defensively strong. Because I think you're going to see they'll pass the ball, right? They'll pass and pass and pass the ball. But they've got to be able to rely on a defensive... Uh, foundation that's trustworthy, and that's a that's a good kind of start in that direction. Is Aaron Ramsdale the number one now? Is is, is he? Is it his shirt to hang on to and for yes. Burnt to to challenge? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think it is. 
I mean, it, it's it's come a lot quicker than I expected, mm. Rob. But again, we don't see all the training sessions, maybe. But Leno doesn't look great in training. Maybe Aaron Ramsdale's look good. But at 23, isn't he? I think Aaron Ramsdale. Wow, that's an early that's an early bit of trust there. Go in there and Big try and call, do it. it? I think there will well. be games that maybe he makes mistakes. That'll be the yeah. key, whether he's trusted to go through them or, yeah. or whether he'll make a change and, and, and switch him over for a little bit. Yeah. Well, there's competition now, which is a great thing, but you, yeah. do, get, you do get the sense that Ramsdale might just have um, got himself that number one spot now. But better days for Arsenal. It was a really, really good win. Uh, yeah, well done, Arsenal. Three points. Well done, Arsenal. Yep. Um, we'll see how things go on, on that one. Let's move it forward. Um to Liverpool, my friend. Liverpool 3, Crystal Palace nil. And I quote um, Jurgen Klopp, it's the hardest working 3-0 win ever in that they had to grind away to get it done. It wasn't a 3-0, which sometimes a 3-0 win can be pretty comfortable. I don't particularly think Liverpool at any one stage felt that this was pretty comfortable. Mm. Well, it's one of those. It's one of the ten o'clock, Rob. So mm. it's hard to keep your eye on everything in terms of details of how they did. Um, yeah. 3-0 victory against Palace that we were great last weekend. Uh, Ibrahima Konate, I see, uh, started the game as a central oh, defender, yeah. which is which is which is good news for them. Another player in the, in that position to cover played alongside Virgil Van Dijk. Um, I I was shocked at the miss from Diogo Jota later in the game where he volleyed over yeah. top from about two yards. Um, but Liverpool, <laughs> listen, it, it, the the longer this impressive kind of form continues. Uh, and Mo Salah looks like Ronaldo, he's going to score in every single game, mm-hmm. then that belief, that momentum, the confidence rolls on. And right now, Liverpool look right in their mix, right in the mix uh, of having a real good tilt of the title again, Rob. I mean, you, one of your concerns, I know, starting off with the season was a bit like City, like, can they dig again? Can they mm-hmm. go deep with again? With this group, yeah. With this group. I've got to be honest, Rob, we're five games in, so we yep. we can't make too many con- drastic conclusions. But looks to me like they're, they're quite hungry for it again. Yeah, looks yeah. the appetite looks looks good about it again. I don't know if it's all the players back fit. I don't know if it's like listen, we lost it last June. We weren't good. We took our criticism. We got our head down. And now we come again. The manager looks refreshed. I mean, at home, the yep. fans, you know, the whole fan thing is, is taking them to another level. There looks a, a drive. We, we've got Mane, as you say, getting goals robbed from the other side is important. Yes. So Naby Keita getting a goal yes. is so important. Goals from midfield as well as Salah's. We know he's going to be 20-plus goals because that's just who he is. Canate mm. being nursed through with Van, Van Dijk. He didn't start the game brilliantly. He looked a little bit apprehensive a couple of times in possession, but grew into it. And once or twice, it had good moments when Ben Teke, I think, bodied him out of the ball and and Edward, um, uh, Edward, who, who came in for Palace. So, getting Canati through uh, a game, another clean sheet, four clean sheets in five. Just feel like we've underestimated a little bit the, 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 the desire in this, in this football club. And also, have we underestimated, Robbie Earl, the squad? Yeah. The cover? Yeah. Naby Keita scores yeah. a goal. Mm-hmm. Two fullbacks, great fullbacks. Liverpool didn't start yeah, the game, start, still did yeah. okay. We know that mm-hmm. Roberto Firmino's to come back in the team as yeah. a centre forward. You know, we know that some of the younger players, Curtis Jones, yeah. and, and so sad for Harvey Elliott, who's going to yeah, be out for a while now. But yeah. maybe they have got a decent squad, mm-hmm. and maybe if they do get one or two injuries, they got some players that can come in. And I know Crystal Palace. People might say, "Well, hang on a minute, it's only Crystal Palace." 
Um, but they've looked bright. They've been... played all right. They yeah. played quite well. Played quite well. So it continues to look really bright, and it continues right now that the players are hungry and the front players are scoring goals. And defensively, they got everybody fit. It looks good. Well, not every, I mean, Trent missed the game, but yeah, and, you know what I mean. Elliot, Elliot's out now. Yeah. yeah, as well. So, so generally, they look good. Another great result. And, and it's great for us, mate, because the more of the big clubs that we thought were going to be in it are looking really, yeah. really good. And most of them are, maybe not Man City so much, just on this weekend. But no, Liverpool, they can go again and they look they look very good. I think that's strength in depth, certainly in defence as well. Whole back four was different from the AC Milan back right. four. And, and, and they kept a clean sheet and get Canate through uh, a big 90 minutes. I've got to tell you, mate, I'm, I'm going to give my underappreciated player of the week to a slightly elderly gentleman who gets overlooked. And when we talk about depth of squad, we probably don't sort of think of him in any one position, which is part of, of, of his, his, his quality. Mr. James Milner is my only appreciated oh. of the weekend, who came in, probably didn't know, I believe Trent Alexander-Arnold had eaten something and late on was, was taken out at the starting eleven. James Milner goes in at right back. He can go in at right back and go in left back and blame all the three central midfield players. He'd probably play up front if, if you chucked him there or in goal. Yep. Um, James Milner comes in at, at right back against Will Zaha, who we saw Emerson Royal, who's a young, athletic, Brazilian uh, footballer, have all kinds of problems with Zaha. Milner. Who's he? Done right. and dusted. Done and dusted. And the stats on James Milner are ridiculous. He covered 10.93 kilometres during the game, the most of any player on the pitch. He had 113 touches of the ball, the most of anybody on the pitch. His pass completion was 59 passes, the most of anybody on the pitch. I mean, his numbers are ridiculous. His worth to the club continues to grow. His drive and the the Thiago element of his experience, his, his hunger what he gives off in that dressing room, what young players can learn from him is outstanding. And he doesn't get appreciated because when we talk about Liverpool, we never, mention, we never mention his name anymore. Bloody hell, Robbie. That's so much love. I don't You've ever given as much love to any one player ever in the history of the underappreciated. You absolutely love James Milner. And I, I don't James. mind it. I don't mind it. Um, I he agree. Shows that. Age is in the barrier. Age is in the barrier. How many players do we see coming to 30, 31 years of age mm. and, 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 and they don't, you know, they're not yeah. looked after themselves or they've yeah, not they're got the pride. Mm. They haven't moved on. This guy, I mean, think of Daniel Sturridge, Robbie Musto, and all that he has in terms oh. of natural ability and finishing and that. And he's out of the game at the moment. I don't know if he's got a club yet, but he can't get a, a, a gig. Mm. And you've got James Milner, who was a 16-year-old kid at Leeds, who's still putting in top-class performances for a team who are just striving to win another title. Uh, just fantastic. So, Amazing. my only appreciate form of the week, Mr Ooh. James. Wow. A lot of love there. Okay, let's yeah. move it on to another game. Um, wow. Maybe one of these teams didn't get a lot of love from the officials. Sure. Brighton and Hove Albion 2, Leicester City yeah. 1. So many debatable incidents. Um did you? What did you think to the Neil Mope pull on the arm of Vestergaard? Vest, yeah. This is how I saw it. Vestergaard yeah. gets pulled down. He's desperately yeah. trying Reacts. to jump. Yeah. His arm comes up as he's jumping, yeah. and the ball strikes his hand above his shoulder. Automatic pen, penalty. 
It was a foul, wasn't it? Some, it looks somebody, a foul. Some, it, it, looks, uh, it looks a foul to me. And because he's being pulled, it, it almost... The the reaction the to that pull is that you yeah. know, your other arm comes up to kind of balance you off yeah. and you and it, I, I thought it was I thought it was a foul. I think if you look at it through VAR and you're looking at the hand, you got to look at the reason why the hand and yeah. it just like they, you, I'm being fouled. That's why my hands there. So I thought they were unlucky with that. They get the penalty. They stick it away. They go on the up. Danny Welbeck gets his second. Um, and then Leicester get back into the game. No surprise, Jamie Vardy, and then. I think we were talking about where the, 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 the no love came for, for Leicester. Harvey Barnes hmm. twice gets um, ruled offside. I thought the first one felt like he was more than offside because he was affecting the goalkeeper, uh, Sanchez's ability to get the ball. I wasn't so sure with the second one, hmm. Rob. Yeah. I mean, apparently he's in his, if he's in his line of sight and he affects the goalkeeper's ability to play the ball, hmm. then that is... is the, the, only, the only thing I thought there, Rob, and I, and I apologise if I, if I get these mixed up here, but the, the one where Harvey Harvey um, Harvey Barnes, sorry Harvey Barnes, yeah, he grappled with the goalkeeper right when mm-hmm. the ball's on its way, and then he moves away yeah, from the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. But in grappling, yeah, did he interfere with the goalkeeper's position of where he might like to have been Once set? Just as a ball so heading, his ability, yeah, yeah, is that that line? I mean, yeah, subject, very subjective. Sub- yeah, yeah, felt a bit harsh, but yeah. In in the in the race for the outside the big boys' best manager, Graham Potter is doing a pretty good job, my friend. Yeah, I mean, what top four? No, did I look top at four, that? Not, yeah, I fourth mean, in the table. Uh, when they when they put chances away, or when they score from set pieces, mm. yeah. They, they look the, the real deal. Of course, last year and, and, and the season before that, great possession, not enough goals. So that's different. Can they keep it going? No, I don't think they will, Rob. I think I still think there's still the same players are there. But, but, Maybe... but, but, but not keeping it going is one thing because I don't think they'll, they'll stay obviously up there. But six, seven? Is that, poss- is that possible? Six, seven, eight? Uh, I, I chucked in. I chucked in on the show today. I said, yeah, maybe top eight. I, I think maybe mm. eighth up. But again, that is that is kind of depending on somebody getting a regular amount of goals. And I just yeah, it, yeah. well, but could potentially do it. Mope, Trossard, maybe between them. But it's great, great to see Brighton yeah. have them there. Quick line on Leicester City, Rob. Before we move on, um, I feel like. Eh, it's a bit, a bit sparkle. It's a bit sparkle gone from Rogers' Leicester. The project is a sparkle kind of. They've had injuries. They've, they've had some injury problems. Vafana was out. I think Evans played midweek. I saw um, in the Europa, and then I don't think he was, he was available. So Yunchu mm. hasn't looked as sharp. He's made a few bad errors. I yeah, think yeah. For both yeah. and for his team. Um, so I mean. Yeah, it's difficult, you know, that's the most difficult thing, but there's plenty of players we're playing to prove. There's plenty of players still good quality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we're five games in. It might just need a little bit of a settling down period. I still think they'll, they'll be up there, top top six, top eight, challenging right. the, the big boys as they go. Aston Villa v Everton, my friend. Two teams who probably would start the season with similar ambitions, I would say. Everton obviously got off to a great start with, with, with our friend Rafa. Aston Villa, we found a little bit more difficult, been a bit patchy, not quite had the consistency. Um, we saw them get beat last week by Chelsea, but um, what a change in, 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 in game, what a change of second half. Mm. I, 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 I think I was watching you, you guys on, on, on studio and, and I kind of, I finished the game thinking, that's what Dean Smith wants his Villa to look like. Yeah. 
Yeah. The second half performance. Yeah. I mean, Villa Park, I mean, like... The whole ten. It's a proper club in it, Rob. You know, when things are going well, that's a proper atmosphere. Uh, the whole end was 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 bouncing. Second half, such a diff. I thought Everton looked really pretty good actually in the first half. Mm. It was kind of even, but I gave the advantage to Everton in the first half. A little bit more control, similar amount of chances, and then second half was just very different. And for me, the story was Leon Bailey yeah. coming into the game. I, mean, I couldn't minutes. I couldn't believe the uh, the reception he got when he when he first walked onto the field. Like wow. Fans really like him, and, and he has shown a few, like, wow, this guy's fast when he's come into mm. games. He came into the match, he zings one in for the corner for, uh, I think it was Dinya the second goal. Dinya own goal, yeah. Dinya's own goal. Uh, yeah. Matty Cash with a great run and, and great goal and great celebration, by the way, Matty Cash, like sprinting yeah. away after he scored his goal. And then... Um, is, he, is he trying to look like Jack Grealish, by the way? Is he, is he trying to well, fill the Jack Grealish? That's, that's, that's what Rebecca reckons. The hair. Yeah, like the haircut. Yeah, the, the, the short, run, the height, shorts. The, you know... Yeah. Whatever. I mean, he's he, he's look. Look, he looks good. good without, yeah. In terms of his playing, I don't say he looks good uh, in general, but he, he, he's uh, he's really good going yeah, forward. He's got a really yeah. good goal. Great celebration. Um, but Leon Bailey looked the part. Scores a half folly after that. Unfortunately, mm. worryingly, goes off with a little injury. Falls a bit of a thigh. Yeah, I don't know if it was during the shot. Don't be surprised by Leon Bailey's skill, quality, personality. Good interview after the game. He's Jamaican, my friend. He kind oh, of flows flows within us. Everybody's flows super within. talented and super smart, are they? Re- the reggae boys. He's, he's a <laughs> reggae boy, my yeah. friend. Yeah, but what a start. No, great looks like a great star to player. see him. Yeah, and he's going to be a star player. I think the Villa fans are going to going to love him. Yes. He's a bit more direct than, than Jack. Um, maybe a little bit um, speedier with the way he go- he plays. But um, no, he's going to give some good balance to Aston Villa. I think Dean Smith and his team. And it's, it's interesting, you know, with, with Ings in uh, what... Watkins as well. Could be exciting watching Villa, Rob, if, if they can, you know, get enough possession to stop making defensive errors. Um, you know, they've got going forward, there's a decent yeah. looking front line there. Absolutely. Right. I, I want to move on to another game now, Robbie Earl, where mm. I, I'm I was so impressed, I was I was shocked. Wolverhampton Wanderers, nil. Mm. Brentford Football Club, two. Goals from the front two at the moment on fire strikers in the division as a pair, Ivan Tony and Brian Mbomo. And mm. without further ado, I'm going to go straight to my... Wow, under, straight. Straight to my underappreciated performer of the weekend. It's a new one. Mm. It's 22 years old, Brian Mbomo. And his general performance and his well-taken goal... Another shot that hit the crossbar and his general ability shocked me, actually. Now, we all know about Ivan Tony, Robbie, and I think yeah. he, he scored 31 goals last year in the championship. Yeah, the championship. I think Mbona only got eight last year, but he's 22. So he would have been younger last season. And I'm sort of thinking this is a Premier League player for the future that could have a big career, Rob. Again, it's it's maybe a little bold just yet, yeah, yeah. but that left foot, his pace, his, his ability with the ball, he looks a silky player. That's what I'm trying mm. to say. You don't often get silky forwards that can do a little bit of everything in terms of being a striker. I think he could be underappreciated and maybe surprise a lot of teams, Rob. Um, so he's my under, underappreciated form of the no, weekend. Good shout. Good shout. 
Yeah, because Tony's the one who gets the headlines and, you know, he's the one that people have, have, have talked about. If, you know, Brentford didn't come up, somebody would probably go in for Tony, start his career at Newcastle. But Mbomo is certainly a new face for, for many of our Premier League watchers yeah. and, and, and listeners. And uh, as you say, I, I've been impressed. I mean, he was excellent against Starsell first day of the season. He caught, caught yeah. my eye. Yeah, and and away from him and, and uh, that, 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 that yeah. front two, I was just impressed with the team, Rob, with the team. Yeah. He's one of them. Thomas Frank's such a, he's such a good talker, uh, and he gives he gives you so much in an interview. He yeah. basically said what the threat was from Wolves and how they might address it, and they might press high at times, and other times they'd be forced to defend deep, and they might have to give some space to Traore and Trincao. He did exactly what he said, yeah. and the football, the defensive part, the high press, the energy. I was I was shocked at how good they were, and it mm. looked like to me. A really established Premier League team that that did a, did most things really really well. And again, this might be the whole Sheffield United first season. Mm-hmm. Love it, looked great, and and they, at some point they could drop off. But I thought, in terms of a, a performance of the weekend, and we've seen some pretty amazing games after that. Mm-hmm. I still think that Brentford's win at Wolves was the most impressive. Maybe surprising might be a better description. Uh, performance of the weekend, but brilliant. Yeah, yeah, they they're a good watch. They're, 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 in a very different way to, to Leeds, they they almost like become a must watch club because when you see how they're doing it and and what they're doing in the control, yeah. you see the manager. You know the whole setup's very different with the stats yeah. and the data involved. But it, it's great. It's funny because as I was watching them, Bomo and, and Tony, I was watching the game as well, and 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 I just like how they play. I like what they bring. I was thinking. It's kind of a, it's almost a more skillful Dini and Agolo. Do you remember when they came up for Watford and they were a pair? And you don't often see a striking pair. Yeah. It almost felt like they were, yeah. they were a little bit more mobile, probably a little bit cuter than those two. Those two had a little bit more physicality maybe about them. But remember yeah. when they come up and, and surprised the, the Premier League yeah. with, 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 you know, going as a two. These two look like they've got that kind of thing going, a nice partnership. It's funny you say that because, Rebecca, um, we talked about it uh off camera, I think she might yeah. mention it on camera as well. She said, "There's something about these two that's a kind of a throwback. It's like mm. kind of, kind of. I mean, did she use the word romantic? But it's like, you know, a front two that really look good together. They yeah. combined. It. I mean, there's other there's other teams. Wooden Barnes straight off the bat. Yeah, uh, yeah. maybe Richarlison and Dominic Dominic Calvert Lewin. Strikers yeah. that play as a pair. Um, these two, I don't know. It's like remember Dwight." Dwight York and Andy Cole. Andy Cole, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And some, yeah. some part, go, even going further back for some of our older listeners, like Rush and Dalgleish, and mm. uh, I, I don't know. It just it's like a throwback of a of a of a combining two yeah. that enjoy playing yeah. with each other. Great understanding, Work. happy to to set each other up. They they're a watch. They're they're yeah. they're a real must watch going forward the season, Rob, to see how they continue if they can continue to do it. Yeah, who haven't been quite so good. Quick word is Wolves, Rob. Uh, Bruno Lodge got the first win last week, an own goal and a, and a late um, scrambled goal was enough to get them the points. But if I just look like, look like to me, every, most of their good work again comes through Traore, whether it's through shooting, through crossing. Just wanted to point to something, Rob, that, that I saw during the game. Um, and it was where Traore ran down the wing, put a lovely ball in, and in that old talk about partnerships, Traore and Jimenez that we saw in the first two seasons of, of, of Wolves under Nuno. Jimenez has a great chance to, to score ahead of him on the far post and, and, and heads it uh, past the post. 
And in his frustration, Rob, I, I saw, and a couple of the media outlets picked it up, that he took off the headgear that he was wearing yeah, and it threw down, it to it? the floor. Yeah. As if, like, this thing's hampering me or I'm not getting the right contact on the ball or whatever. Now, obviously, we know he's had this horrific head injury and the fracture of the skull and, you know, that he's wearing it for protection. And you worry that hopefully that everything's healed and there's no mental barriers or whatever. But he just seems to be having a tough time with himself, Rob, in terms of seeing a couple of chances now coming for him, haven't quite gone in. He, he's obviously frustrated. He hasn't opened his scoring accounts into coming back. Anything to to worry about there for, for, for him and, and, and his action? Or is that just the, the sign of, of a striker who's not scoring goals? Uh, I think there's a bit of that. I, I guess the question is whether the injury is affecting him, Rob, and how he plays the game, how he challenges for the ball. And, of course, we'll never know the real reasons for that. Um, I mean, I mentioned it on air, Rob, that, that I, had a, I had a fractured, uh, depressed um, cheekbone and a cracked eye socket in a challenge coming together. And, of course, when you first come back, you're conscious of it. But in my case, and I had a metal plate put in just above this eyebrow here, just to hold this part together here, I, I, you, you just forget about it. I forgot about it after, after, after mm. a few weeks. And I don't know whether if he keeps playing and he keeps, you know, doing his thing, he kind of forgets about that. Now, even if that is an issue, I, it's tough to say until he starts scoring goals, maybe like people like us and others will say, well, is he doing the same thing? Is he making the same mm. runs? Is he throwing his head in there when, you know, he did before and he's not doing that? It's just a tough kind of critique to make. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it's valid. I, I yeah. yeah, I just, I just saw it was just the reaction to, to to dragging it off when he'd missed the chance. He didn't know he dragged it yeah. off before. It was almost like the chance when normally I would score that. Oh, this thing has given me a problem. Yeah, and, yeah maybe. You know, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. keep an eye on that. Yeah. Obviously, we, we, we wish him well, getting back scoring because he, he's a real addition to uh, the Premier League. Uh, a couple of other results, mate. Just before we wrap things up, because we've uh, run as ever run on a little bit yeah. late. Uh, a little bit. Newcastle one, Leeds one. Uh, Leeds getting ahead. Newcastle relying again on, on St. Maximin. There was, I would say, a little bit of unrest around Steve Bruce, but as ever, the fans backed the team and the team had a go. When this guy gets on the ball, by the way, anything yeah. can happen. I mean, he's some yeah. player, by the way. He's yeah. some player. That, that, yeah, he's, 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 he's a really good player, Robin. Played up front on his own pretty much without mm. Callum Wilson. Um, yeah, it's one of them where Steve Bruce needed to get a performance, mate, because the fans are, yeah. are waiting to to get on his back a little bit and uh, decent result, decent result, uh, 1-1 at St. James's Park. And as you said, Sam Maximum was the star of the show, took his goal really, really well, had other opportunities, some great shots with his left foot. Um, but yeah, deserve the point. And uh, I guess, you know, Steve Bruce's, the pressure will ease a touch as we go forward. Yeah. And finally, Norwich won Watford 3. Good win uh, for Watford, Muno Cisco. Um Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, again, couldn't keep my eye on this one. One of those games that are going on at the same time. Uh, I think it's important for Watford. I think, I think, you know, we all know that Norwich City are going to struggle. Um, mm. Bottom of the fifteen league. straight losses, isn't it? Fifteen is it? straight is it defeats them? now in the Premier League. Yeah, and you just started to fear for Watford a little bit um, as well. But I guess they got the job done, mate. Three-one victory. Mm. Norwich City, bottom of the league table. Um, not really different to last time, which is a little bit disappointing. Yeah, you know, given the continuity that's 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 allowed there with Daniel Farker. Um, do you think? Do you think it's one of those, Rob? And and we know he's been in a long term contract. We know the, about the club's philosophy. 
does there become a point where it's like, do we have to try something else to yes. stay in here? Or do we, do, you know, is, is it just like the acceptance of what's going to happen? Because if this continues four, five, six more weeks, we're almost going to have one place gone already. Yeah. And the answer to that, in my opinion, is yes. Of course, super careful who you bring in because it's very, it's kind of a little different Norwich City and I get their philosophy of yeah. of trying to make sure you're up, if you're in the championship, you're going to be there trying to get back up again. But got to go some, somebody different that might make a better fist of staying in the division. With the same philosophy, the same kind of football, but a different coach might do something a little bit differently, Rob, or bring in yeah. some different players that might make a difference and give them a better fist of staying up. I mean, is it really worth it every time? If those fans like, they, they, this happens again and the cycle continues, are the fans like, oh, we go again, we're back in the Premier League, which is great, but we're yeah. probably, you know, ain't going to... I, I think, and of course it's early yet and nobody should get lose their job mm. this yeah, early. Yeah. But I think if it continues, then yeah, careful who you pick, but try somebody else that gets them promoted and then a better chance of staying in the Premier League. Yeah. Daniel Falcon is to try and turn things around, get a few results. Good result for Watford. Uh, Three points against them near the middle of the table. Oh, mate, that's another action-packed drama-filled Premier League weekend. I don't know if we can keep going at this level. We're going to be back on Wednesday, September the 22nd. Now, Mr Musto is going to get himself a day off. Now I'm going to be joined by the legend that is Andros Cantor, discussing a wide range of football topics. Um, might even see if I can get him to do a rendition of the goal. Oh, no. no. Oh, yeah. That will last for about another five minutes. And then you'll be back at the weekend, mate, as normal. Yep. So we'll look back on Manchester yep. Evie, Chelsea and the North London derby. Uh, that, that looks uh, a bit spicy now with Arsenal getting a win and Tottenham not in great form. Uh, so look forward to seeing you next Sunday. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe. Be healthy. It's a good night from me. Uh, it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.